The union representing hundreds of True Stage workers in Madison called off a strike Monday after reaching a tentative agreement with the company. It's Tuesday, June 6th. This is Wisconsin Today. Good morning. I'm Alex Crow. Coming up, Hope Kerwin reports on a public hearing for PFAS testing and cleanup legislation. And Gabby Vinnick has a story about how remote work has given some rural Wisconsinites more freedom. Stay with us. Our world gets more complex all the time. You rely on WPR to turn complicated issues and the news of the day into understandable language. This essential service that you count on relies on your support. It's the largest source of our funding. If you've never given before, make a contribution now of, say, $10 a month at 888-202-2552 or WPR.org. After a two-week strike, about 450 union members at a Madison-based insurance company have returned to work. Jenny Peek has more on the negotiations. While contract negotiations are continuing, employees are going back to work at True Stage after their union and the company reached a tentative agreement on some key issues. Those include cementing remote work and making the company unable to call employees back into the office without a reason. But Joey Vicka, the union's chief steward, says there's still more work to do. Suspending the strike doesn't mean uh, that our campaign for a fair contract is over and Workers are still very involved and adamant about receiving a contract that reflects the value that we've created for our company. Still on the table are negotiations on pensions, wages, and health care. True Stage told WPR it is, quote, determined to reach an agreement that is fair. Jenny Peek, Wisconsin Public Radio. A state appeals court heard arguments yesterday in a case challenging a law that limits the power of Wisconsin's attorney general. The lame duck law was one of several passed by Republicans in late 2018, shortly before a Democratic attorney general and Democratic governor were set to take office. It forces the attorney general to get the legislature's approval before agreeing to the terms of settlements from civil lawsuits. Misha Saitlin is an attorney for the Republican-led legislature. He says legislators should have a say in how lawsuit settlements get spent. That's a source of income for the state, and so legislature needs to... Uh, monitor that source of income, make sure it matches the expenses. Last year, a Dane County Circuit Court sided with the Attorney General's office, which argued the law violated the state's constitution. The case could eventually be appealed to Wisconsin's Supreme Court, where liberals will gain a majority in August. Environmental and industry groups had support and criticism for legislation on PFAS during a hearing on Monday. Hope Kerwin has more. The Republican-authored bill would create grants for PFAS testing, cleanup, and infrastructure projects. The legislation would also place new limitations on when and how the State Department of Natural Resources can test for the contaminants. Sarah Walling is from environmental group Clean Wisconsin. At the hearing, she applauded lawmakers for creating the new grants. But she says the restrictions would weaken environmental protections that exist under the state's spills law. We won't make progress on this issue if, for every step forward in the use of these proposed new grants, communities will move two steps back in adequately identifying contaminated properties, remediating those properties, and, if necessary, holding polluters accountable. 
But some industry groups say the restrictions are necessary to protect landowners from costly testing and what they describe as a lack of clarity around DNR standards for PFAS remediation. Hope Kerwin, Wisconsin Public Radio. Around $100 million in private donations for a UW-Madison engineering building are at risk after Republican lawmakers pulled the project from the state budget. On Thursday, the Joint Finance Committee trimmed Governor Tony Evers' capital budget request by more than a billion dollars. A $347 million engineering building for UW-Madison was among the cuts. Republicans said Evers' request was unrealistic. Democratic JFC member Senator Kelda Royce says delaying the project puts private funding in jeopardy. It sends a message to donors that no matter how much private money the university brings to the table and raises, the Republicans in the legislature will just keep stringing you along. The new building was the top priority for the university and UW system. They hoped the expansion would allow them to enroll an additional 1,000 engineering students per year. A bipartisan group looking to build trust in elections launched a Wisconsin chapter yesterday. As Anya Van Wagtendonk reports, Keep Our Republic wants to educate voters in battleground states. The group Keep Our Republic launched in the aftermath of the 2020 election, when misinformation about voter fraud fueled a deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol. In Wisconsin, that mistrust also led to a costly investigation that turned up no evidence of fraud. Former Republican legislator Kathy Bernier will direct the Wisconsin chapter of Keep Our Republic. So we just want to shine a light on the electoral system and we want to get participation from lots of individuals in our communities that will help disseminate the information, factual information. The group has bipartisan leadership, including former Lieutenant Governor Barbara Lawton, a Democrat, and former Governor Tommy Thompson, a Republican. Anya Van Wagtendonk, Wisconsin Public Radio. Coming up, we've got a story from Gabby Vinnick about working remotely in rural communities. Stay with us. You tune into Wisconsin Public Radio for news you can trust, conversations that draw you in, and music and entertainment that make your day better. The largest source of funding for everything you value on WPR is listener support. Join the team that makes WPR possible. Become a sustaining member. Make an ongoing monthly gift and share WPR with your entire community. It's easy to sign up at WPR.org. And finally, some people who worked remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic have returned to the office. And some employers are moving to limit remote work even further. But as Gabby Vinnick reports, in some rural Wisconsin communities, the opportunity to work remotely has given people more freedom. Are you a good girl? Yes, you are. You're a good girl, B. On a sunny Friday afternoon, Laura Isaacson's dog, B, wants to play. After a few pets for her chocolate lab, Isaacson sits back at her computer at the kitchen table. She's surrounded by bookshelves, and she has light shining through the windows of her home in Mount Horeb. It's a different experience than her time working as a dietitian for the last 20 years. She would often drive to and from the hospital in the dark. Her commute took roughly 30 minutes to Dodgeville. Now, Isaacson works from home as a diabetes care and education specialist for a San Francisco-based company. She's one of more than 400,000 remote workers in Wisconsin. I am so much happier right now. I don't think I even realized before how stressed out I was. Trying to balance being a 
a mom and working full-time outside of the house. Isaacson is one of millions of people who first worked remotely during the pandemic. Today, as many as 40% of workers nationally say they do at least some of their work from home. There are signs that some plan to return to the office. In April, a morning consult poll found nearly half of U.S. employees prefer working in person. And a Pew Research survey in March found that remote workers tend to say it hurts their opportunities to be mentored. But Isaacson says she has no immediate plans to return to the office, and working from home has given her more flexibility. That's something I think a lot of moms struggle with. You feel really guilty trying to find that balance. And for me, the flexible schedule, not having a start time or an end time, and just being able to work when it works for me and works for my family, huge difference. In Mineral Point, Rachel Bergstrom speaks with the client on Zoom from a small room in her farmhouse. Yeah, Friday afternoons are really flexible for me after two, so. She's an education consultant for a Texas-based company. Not long ago, this meeting would have been impossible. She says their Wi-Fi would not have been stable enough to run. But in recent years, millions of federal and state dollars have gone to expanding broadband access in Wisconsin. It now reaches more than 90% of state residents. That infrastructure has helped Bergstrom connect with colleagues all across the country. For her, remote work meant an end to years of leaving her home at 5 a.m. She had to wake up early to catch a ride on the state van pool to her job with the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction. In all, she spent about three hours on the road. I don't know that I coped with the commute. I think I think it took a bigger toll on me than I realized now that I have more time to think. Jose Maria Barrero is a finance professor and co-founder of the nationally recognized Work From Home Research Project. He says a relatively low-cost state like Wisconsin could be a winner in the work from home economy. I think Wisconsin is interesting in that it is a state that has both large urban areas and a lot of rural areas. And so I think it has an opportunity to perhaps decongest the congested parts of the state. Barrero says if rural areas have greater access to high-income workers, that could be a boon for local economies. But more work from home also means less foot traffic to urban downtowns, which creates its own challenges. Back in Mineral Point, Bergstrom says she hopes remote work possibilities benefit small towns like hers. Maybe kids will stay in their small towns more because they can find a job programming or they can find a job in an industry that's really booming, even if there's not a huge company here that does that. Remote work is already shaping policy in new ways for Wisconsin, and Bergstrom is one of thousands who has no plans to get back to the office. Gabby Vinnick, Wisconsin Public Radio. And that'll do it. Thanks for joining us for Wisconsin Today. I'm your host, Alex Crow. Our producers are John Davis and Bridget Bowden. You can catch us, as always, wherever you get your podcasts every single weekday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.